0: Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome back to that Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Oh, it's going good. Good. Good, good, good. We have these
1: amazing pineapple punch drinks that are refreshing and. Sweet and a little tart all in one.
0: Yeah. What's in it? Because I kind of just gave you ingredients and you kinda just made things. So.
1: Sure shit I did. <laughs> no, it was good. Um, so we had a little bit of lemonade concentrate left over from a different drink. A previous drink, I do not remember which. <laughs> and then we had some pineapple juice and some coconut rum, natural like pairing right there, obviously. Right and then we so we put all that together and put a little grenadine at the bottom of the glass mm-hmm. and filled it oh my god <laughs> i was like filled it with ice that's not anyway it's good did i even
0: so what is it <laughs> so lemon concentrate pineapple juice yourself, yes malibu rum and lime and grenadine And lime juice, juice
1: yes a little bit of grenadine oh and i did add a little bit of water all right. So, to with the lemonade. So, I made lemonade out of it. Oh, God. You're in for some fun edits today, Caitlin. <laughs> How many fucking ums did you take out
0: of the last one? 56. <laughs> I counted them. I didn't even get all of them because they were kind of like tied together. So
1: You can fuck yourself, Caitlin. Uh, that is so, Joel, like I told him about it he was like, that's just fucking ridiculous. I don't even know I'm doing it.
0: I'm so sorry. It's okay. I
1: did it's notice okay. that I said so a lot.
0: It's always, um, so. <laughs> um, so. And so. I'm there gathering my thoughts. I know. It's, <laughs>
1: it's my fine. Goodness. It's fine. She's
0: like, it's hard. I <laughs> get it. Talking's difficult. <laughs> 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 so Michelle... Is going to come with me to go wedding dress shopping. You're fucking right I am. I have been dreaming
1: of this day pretty much since we went uh, prom dress shopping with you. Oh, yeah. That was a good time. Huh. So what style are you looking for?
0: I'm thinking, well, I want lace more, maybe more fitted. Maybe an A-line or mermaid type. Mm.
1: Well, you have such a tiny little waist. You need something that's going to
0: I need something to show, show my off waist that. off. <laughs> yeah. My waist and that's it at <laughs> that waist and nothing else. <laughs> so. No,
1: I'm not having that. Oh, it's. I think I'll probably cry. Aww. I think there's a solid chance. I'm just kidding. So I'll funny. cry with your mom.
0: Probably. <laughs> and your dad. Is
1: That's he right. going? Yeah, my yes. dad's coming. Yeah.
0: And we're gonna have mimosas beforehand. You're so. fucking
1: right, we are. I can't wait.
0: Um. Alright, so...
1: Is your story wedding related? No, at not at all. It's garbage. I don't want to hear it. <laughs>
0: Oh, mine is not either. That would be a sad one, a survival of, of a, a wedding, wedding
1: day. Now it's fucking on. Okay. That is the one I'm going to tell right before your wedding.
0: <gasps> okay. I'm going to save it. All right, you save it.
1: Here's your wedding day story. That's kind of shitty.
0: No, I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: I'll probably forget.
0: <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, so this story is about Stephen McCormick. Stephen McCormick. McCormack. McCormack. Sure. So it is Saturday, May 21st, 2011. Okay. And we are in New Zealand.
1: Ooh, all right. Mm -hmm. Hey, New Zealanders.
0: So he is 48 years old and he's a truck driver. Okay. So he is standing on the rigging between his truck and the trailer. Oh,
1: good God. I I want to know where this is going.
0: So, there is a valve that connects the truck's brakes to the compressed air supply. Okay. So, it can stop.
1: That makes sense.
0: While Steven is rigging up his truck, he actually, like, misplaces his foot and he falls. He falls right onto the nozzle of the air compressor. What? It pierces his left butt and immediately... Filled him with air. <gasps>
1: oh my god. Okay. Okay. So he hit this air compressor, knocked whatever valve was keeping it shut, mm-hmm. punctured his butt on it. Yep. And now the air compressor is just going probably full bore, and filling his ass up like a balloon. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: was, <laughs> I'm you're sorry, right, Mr. no,
1: McCormick.
0: <laughs> the air oh. rushes his body at a hundred pounds per square inch. Oh,
1: fuck! I can't. Even fucking fathom that.
0: Right? In just a few minutes, Stephen has blown up twice his size, <gasps> just filled with air. Oh, my God. Steven screams, and his co-workers come rushing. They turn off the air. So, he can't get off. No. He's, like, he's a balloon now, pretty much. Oh, my God. So, they cut off the air supply, and they actually got him off the nozzle. They said that, he said that was the most painful part, was get him getting off him that. off oh. of it. my God. And they were able to lay him on his side, and they just had to wait until the ambulance got there. Stephen could only see out of one eye at this time. Why? Because the air filled it. He actually filled, like, behind his eye and his eyelids. Is this, like, the one time in history
1: this has actually happened? This I don't is know. Insanity. I thought you were going to tell me he lost a foot or some shit. No. Like, it got filled with air. Yeah. This is not where I thought this story was going at all. Oh my goodness, sorry. So,
0: they were in a small town. And in the small town, there were only two ambulances. And both of them were on a call already. Oh
1: my god, so we had to just sit there?
0: And the nearest helicopter base was two hours away, but they were also busy as well. So, Stephen's co-workers try to put ice packs around his neck, you know, to help the swelling, I guess. I don't know. Just,
1: I don't know either. I don't know. Maybe like, to help numb him out. Maybe I, don't know. I have
0: no idea. But so Stephen is now having issues breathing at this point because uh, the air has compressed
1: around his lungs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember my sister. She had her gallbladder removed, and it was just a real quick in and out surgery, uh-huh. same day deal. But they part of the surgery was they blew up her whole cavity. What is it, your uh-huh. torso? With air, so they could, you know, see the gallbladder easier or whatever. The problem is that is all this gas in there Uh that is not inside your intestines. So you can't fart it out. Uh (laughs) You will. You have to just wait for it to naturally just dissipate. And she said that was the worst part of the entire surgery. Really? Because it was just painful. And Mm -hmm. she just, of course, felt completely bloated and everything. She's probably like... Bitch, I will fucking kill you for telling that story. She's fine. <laughs> but my point is you don't get rid of the gas in the same way right. that you normally would get rid of gas in your body.
0: So, after an hour paramedics finally got there.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: They tried to insert a needle to give him a give him a morphine drip, but the pressure from the side of Steven just pushed out the needle. Oh my god.
1: <gasps> what? Yeah. I can't. I like. Are
0: there pictures of this? No, Ugh. just him in the hospital. You're like, oh, I know. I sucks. Look. They couldn't even give him any oxygen through a tube inserted in his nostrils. It just shot out as well.
1: Oh my god, is this a true story?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's several news things about it. I mean, <laughs> this poor guy. I know. So, Steven finally gets to the hospital, and the air has separated his fat from his muscles.
1: Oh, that doesn't sound healthy at all.
0: The air filled his abdomen, chest, lungs, and behind his eyelids, and compressed his heart. Doctors say that being pierced in the butt is actually what saved him, because if it hit an artery or entered the bloodstream, he probably would have bled out or... Yeah, or Isn't that essentially
1: like getting the bends pretty... I guess that's maybe nitrogen or whatever, but But it's air bubbles (laughs) in your your veins. That's Mm -hmm. not good.
0: A team of five doctors put a hose through his ribs to get the air out, but they only got some fluids. Oh my God. So they said the air had to come out naturally by farting and burping.
1: See, that's what... That's where I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's.
0: He said it took three days for Stephen to, kind of get all deflate, Uh if you will. Yeah, Um, Stephen left the hospital with no broken bones or bruises. I'm surprised,
1: no bruises. Right, just the the
0: puncture wound from his butt. Stephen states, "I really feel like the Michelin Man." (laughs) (laughs) I bet you do. Within two weeks, he was back at work. He knows there will be jokes being made, but no one can give him flack when he's been to Helium and back. Oh, snap. Sorry. That shit's funny.
1: (laughs) Poor guy. guys. I know. I couldn't even fucking imagine. I didn't even think that was possible.
0: I didn't think that was possible like, either. Like, I
1: would imagine it would hit something that would, like, block it. But no, it just filled them up with the air.
0: I know. Which, I mean, believe what you want, children. <laughs> but, I mean, I looked at several news articles and watched a few videos. I mean, oh, it's the same goodness. information that was given. But, I mean, I just thought it was interesting. I've never heard of that, ever.
1: No. It's probably happened one time. Yeah, this is it.
0: That probably, because my sister always said if she wanted to kill someone, she would inject them with a fart. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking awesome. The air bubbles would go, you know, to the brain or heart or whatever. No, that was
1: actually in a, you know, I used to read these like thriller young adult books all Uh the time when I was a teenager. And that was one of the ways that murder happened was Mm. they just injected a... syringe full of air you Interesting.
0: know into
1: a diabetic or something well it's just
0: like you're like literally violet from willy wonka yeah you're slowly It's like was juice. full of juice it's true <laughs> juice not air but i couldn't imagine i feel like my eyes would pop out i don't know man
1: maybe his eyes were on the verge of popping out maybe, i mean yeah. if all of the needles were getting pushed out and the tube to help him breathe was getting pushed out his eyeballs were probably definitely getting pushed out which is probably why he was blind in the one eye
0: Right. (sighs) it's just so crazy that would suck
1: yeah seriously I thought we were talking about like someone fell and maybe the truck ran over him or he lost his foot Mm. in the connecting thing I think we actually had a story like that
0: yeah, I Long don't remember. Ago. But I mean, luckily his coworkers turned off the air. Because what if they didn't? Like, what would happen? I'm sure you just kept died. going till you popped. Like, yeah. would you pop? Your insides would. I bet your
1: you would probably get you would maybe shut down the use of your veins and things because mm. they would get smashed or your heart would have to work so hard to try to work past that pressure. I don't I know. So. I'm totally speculating.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't. I saw the story. I'm like, well, I have to. It's short, but I had to. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had to. But it's interesting what you said about how like the gas and stuff, you can't pass it naturally, but he said he did. So I don't Mm. know. But I said it took him three days. So I don't know.
1: Maybe it did just partly dissipate naturally. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, that was, I just remember that very, that was (laughs) the the thing that I have the strongest impression about from my sister's surgery. Right. I mean.
0: All right, let's hear it, Michelle. Let's see your story. Yes.
1: Mine's related to your wedding. Mm. Not really. Not at all. What, what the fuck? It's a whole bunch of white.
0: That's all. It's because know your
1: wedding ain't white. <laughs> so I'm
0: just kidding. My mom says, this is what she said. Are you going to go for a white dress? Who are you kidding <laughs> with that? Like. You're not gonna kid anyone with that white dress, and I'm like, "Thank you, mother." <laughs> no, I'm rolling
1: up as slutty as I can. Yeah,
0: I was thinking ivory, but okay.
1: My dress was ivory. Ugh. all right. So we're going back to July 25th, 2015. So almost exactly five years ago.
0: Wow.
1: So this story is about, and I apologize, Sergey, Sergey Onanov, Onanov. That's good. Sergey Onanov. I I think you
0: apologize every story you've ever done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I continue to apologize. (laughs)
0: Because there's some other
1: names in here that. Anyway.
0: Uh There's a blanket apology.
1: I know. You just, where you do the, you know, listener discretion advice. Michelle apologizes (laughs) for how she pronounces names.
0: (laughs) Uh Because none of
1: it's good. Uh, Okay. So here we go. Sergey is a helicopter pilot oh, cool. and he has done lots of different flights before and in fact holds quite a few world records for different aviation flights, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sergey, he's 49 years old and he has a very ambitious goal. This, okay. So his most recent goal is to fly a uh, helicopter around the world, Wow! fly a solo mission. So it's only him in a under 2,200 pound. So it's a very specific goal. Yeah. Like, I don't know, segment of the Guinness Book of world Records. So yeah. he'll be the first person to fly a solo mission around the world in a helicopter weighing less than 2,200 pounds. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, There was one other successful around-the-world solo helicopter trip, but that was actually in a heavier craft. So he's trying it in a little small guy. So he's flying a Robinson R-22 is what I want to say. I should. I have a little picture of it. There it is. Cute. So it's a little tiny helicopter. It barely has room for him and, like, one other passenger. So it's just him, and he's flying, and he has been on this trip for 42 days okay at this point
0: does he know how long it's going to take
1: well he only has three thousand miles more to go so it is well okay so he began by crossing the siberia into alaska and then he flew south through the western united states then he zigzagged across the american heartland And um, he would usually begin at dawn every day and often landed after it was dark. He averaged about 500 miles per day. So 500 times 42 is one bazillion. (laughs) Uh, So he's been flying for fucking ever. (laughs) He would refuel at local airfields and eat fast food and stay at whatever hotel was closest. Okay. So, and then he'd begin at dawn again.
0: So he never flew overnight overnight. No. Most, okay. No, it's usually just during the day.
1: He entered Canada near Montreal. He traversed Quebec and crossed the Hudson Strait straight to E. Caluit. Oh, okay. E. We're, again, now July 25th. Uh, he's flying through the Davis Strait, which actually I'm not... It's the area between Northern Canada and Greenland. Okay. So he's up in the Arctic. Okay. I mean, he's in cold, you know, fucking ice everywhere. And so he starts hearing this Thwip, flap. <laughs>
0: what was that? <laughs> say, say that again? No, do... What? I no. think we missed it. Uh <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. He what starts, does that sound? What he is starts it?
1: hearing a weird sound okay
0: <laughs> is that what it says yes quick slap <laughs> you did good i think okay. it's supposed to be like okay that's anyway, not a good sound he hears a sound yeah. and knows it's
1: not fucking good news right? how's that
0: okay
1: okay oh my god so, at this point, he's uh, he's been flying for a while that day, and he was wearing this old red neoprene suit. It was uh-huh. like sort of a jumpsuit, and it was bulky and kind of warm, so he had it unzipped and sort of down around his waist.
0: Oh, okay. Because, you
1: know, I'm sure the sun is coming in, even though he's over the Arctic. Yeah. You know, that little helicopter can't be... Air conditioned. Right, yeah, for sure. So he was bare chested and flying along when he hears this bizarre sound. Right. Which actually he knows immediately what it is because he knows every square inch of that fucking helicopter. Because it's so tiny. Yeah. Yeah, it's so tiny and he's been flying in it for so long. So he knows a belt transferring the power from the engine to the rudder blades has snapped.
0: Oh, shit, that's not good.
1: That is not good. <laughs> so, he also knows what's next. the helicopter crash. is going to go down. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Crash, crash, crash. So, he switches over to auto rotation, which is a safety mode that helps bring the helicopter down and or it allows the craft to glide downward. Does
0: that make a noise? I'm
1: not going <laughs> to try to do soundtrack or sound effects for you anymore, Caitlin. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> When I do it in my head, it comes out way different. God damn it. I honestly didn't think that was going to be a problem at all. I was wrong. (laughs) Okay, so he is approximately 3,000 feet in the air. And he's falling at a rate of 50 feet per second. So he's going down pretty fast. Oh my gosh. And there's this fog bank that he's been flying above, so he can't see anything underneath him because it's just a super thick fog that uh-huh. it's not until he gets like 700 feet above ground that he even gets into the fog. Oh, So he's not even sure where he can land or what's close or anything because he can't see shit at this point. So he pierces the, th- the fog and then he can sort of see where he can go. So there's an ice flow that's close by. So that's what he's trying to aim for. Okay. And an ice flow, if you're curious, is... I I looked it up because I was like, what the fuck is an ice flow? Um, It's a low, flat mass of floating ice. That's at least uh, 65 feet across. Oh, okay. So it's either that or larger. So it's different than an iceberg, an iceberg is just like a chunk of ice that has fallen off a glacier. Okay. And it's floating around. This is like a flat, flat. piece of ice. Okay. You know, where like penguin. the little penguins are always Aww. stuck on one, floating away or... What? I don't know. What I'm is that one? Stuck on one? <laughs> there was always a cartoon. It wasn't Looney Tunes with the little penguin. Do you know what I'm talking about? Was it
0: Pebble and the Penguin? No. Because that was a great movie.
1: You've lost your fucking mind.
0: What movie? Oh my god, I'm gonna have to... I want to call it, like,
1: Chili the Penguin or something like Chili? that. Chili?
0: Yeah, like... Your name for a penguin. Oh, I'm
1: gonna have to look it up Yeah, later. I have no clue
0: what you're talking about. Ugh. Watch Pebble and the Penguin, though.
1: I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Caitlin. That's what I think of that. <laughs> oh, I mean that in the nicest way. Okay, so he's got a little bit of time to maneuver. He's trying to maneuver towards this ice flow, Uh but unfortunately, it's clear he's not going to make it. So he sort of tilts the helicopter in a way that will give him the safest landing, which is clearly going to be into the water. Uh. So he's missed the ice flow. Now he's going into the water. Shit. So he knows that... If he tries to, like, jump out with the blades still going, you know, his head's going to get chopped off. Uh So he actually sort of angles down a little bit. So the blades get taken off as they hit the water. So they rotate and they hit the water so hard that they actually break off.
0: That's interesting because in the story you told last time, they didn't want the propellers to hit because then it would get them like a cartwheel type thing. Yeah,
1: if the wings hit.
0: Oh, the wings hit. Yeah,
1: they would. Oh, because
0: they were in a plane, not a helicopter.
1: (laughs) So, I know, here we are, another water landing crash. Sorry, guys. No, I was
0: just, (laughs) I was trying, you know. Tell me that that I'm telling the same story again and again. It just shows I was listening from the last time. You were, in fact, listening.
1: No, that's true. In the last one, they were trying to land it flat because if they had hit at an angle at all, it would have caught the wing and it would have forced them to cartwheel and completely crash apart.
0: And this one, he wants the blades to To, hit. And
1: break apart.
0: Break apart. So they won't be
1: going while he's trying to to escape. Yes. So he's able to do that, and then as soon as he hits the water, Mm -hmm. the whole thing starts to sink. And remember, he's, like, bare-chested at this point. Oh, that's right. And so he's just got his jumpsuit around his waist, and he jumps into the freezing water. So the water is about 36 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's like four degrees above freezing.
0: Oh my gosh. So it's,
1: it's fucking cold. Yeah, right? There's like, I, I imagine it fucking stopped his heart.
0: <laughs> <I've>, yes. <laughs> the
1: second he jumped in. So suction cupped to the windshield of the helicopter mm-hmm. are a couple of life-saving sort of devices. So wow. there's two GPS trackers, a distress beacon, and a satellite phone. And somewhere behind his ankles, there's also a deflated life raft containing a survival kit that has three flares, a half a liter of water, and a tiny box of protein, protein tablets. Oh, wow. So he's got a little bit. So he is down below his neck, and he only has time to save one thing. So he swims back down and grabs the raft.
0: Ah! Nailed it, Caitlin.
1: So he uh, frees the raft. And starts heading towards the ice flow. And he can't, like, get himself up onto this it's on the slippery. ice. It's slippery and it's jagged. And no. so he keeps he keeps on trying. And by this point, his, like, chest is all ripped up and bleeding. <gasps> and his, like, legs are bleeding. Oh, my
0: god. Because he just
1: can't get up there. So finally, he sort of meanders his way down a little bit. And finds a little bit of a smoother spot and is able to really just claw his way okay. up onto up onto the ice floe. So at this point, every inch of him is completely soaked. Oh. So he's shivering violently, which is, of course, an automatic response to trying to heat up your body. Oh, it's right. like they say one of the it's the best way to burn calories is just to shiver. Really? So, yeah, I read one book that recommended you take an ice bath every night because the shivering... It like it contracts every muscle in your body, and so it uses more calories than anything else. Okay. So just shiver a lot if you want to lose weight, or go move to the Arctic. Just kidding! Don't move to the Arctic. So he decides to take off his jumpsuit so he can try to wring out as much of the water as he can. Okay. So he's sitting there. It's been 15 minutes since the helicopter's gone down. He's sitting there in just his tennis shoes and his underwear in the middle of the Arctic. Oh, my gosh. With this fucking deflated life raft and his suit that he's just trying to get the water out of. Which I can't imagine that it would get dry really fast. No. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: So he's realizing that he's in a pretty grim situation. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a bad way. So he's trapped on a slab of ice in the Arctic Circle with no locator beacon, no phone, and barely any water.
0: Ugh. So so wait, the raft didn't have a, the flares, though.
1: It, it does have flares. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, so, oh, not the
0: beacon. I see.
1: No, he had to leave the GPS behind in the helicopter. Oh, um, So the GPS right. and the beacon and all that stuff. So, and he was also realizing that the fog was going to hide him from any rescuers. (gasps) So, anyone trying to fly over top, there's, like, no way in hell they were going to see him.
0: Did he tell anyone where he was going?
1: Well, yes. Okay. Which we'll get to that in just, like, two seconds. All right. So, night is on its way and hypothermia may set in. So, he struggles to get back into his damp neoprene suit. Right. Right. And pulling it up, he puts on there's like a built-in cap, so he puts that on. so he's like fully covered again. okay, in a wetsuit. <laughs> right. But I think neoprene is kind of good for keeping the water sort of off your skin. I mean, because oh. that's what they do for divers and things like that. It's right. all made out of neoprene. So he fumbles with his cord to blow up the life draft. Uh-huh. And then after several lengths, he's a- yanks, oh my God, several yanks, he's able to inflate it. And he ties it to his leg so it won't blow away, which I don't feel like I would have thought of. (laughs) No, I
0: probably wouldn't
1: think of that either. That motherfucker would have been gone and I would have been crying more. Uh, So he used it as a windshield. He lay beneath it like on his stomach. So he's underneath the life draft rather than like inside of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So So he's just laying on the ice though? Yeah. That's what it looks like.
1: I think it's, it's... I imagine probably helps keep some of the heat in and right. stuff rather than just being out.
0: That's true. I see that.
1: But I wouldn't have thought of that either. Yeah. So good job, Sergey. So all the while, he has friends that have been following him online. Oh. And so they've been watching his flight. He doesn't have like the other guy who went around the world. He had a plane that followed him the entire oh. way where Sergei does not. He Uh just has some friends who are watching him online and kind of watching his progress. So he has a friend in San Francisco uh, named Andrew Kaplan who notices that the helicopter speed flatlines and then he's kind of his signal has dropped off. So he raises the alert to some other friends they connect with the joint rescue coordination center in Halifax which is in Nova Scotia, Canada. Uh-huh. And dispatchers send two Hercules transport aircraft. So they're just like big military planes. Oh, okay. Out to go look for him, but it's too late in the day. The fog, the fog is too thick oh. and they don't see anything. So no. they get a hold of Captain Stefan Julien. Ooh. I don't know if that's how you say it, but whatever. Who is the commander of the Pierre Radisson, which is um, a Canadian Coast Guard icebreaker? So, are you familiar with icebreakers?
0: Uh, like the name games?
1: The no. parties?
0: The icebreakers? <laughs> that's fucking hysterical. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, no.
1: Caitlin, you're so funny. <laughs> no, they're the big ships that break up the ice. Oh, So, okay. other ships can kind of follow behind it.
0: I got you. So yes. they
1: can they can crash through these ice floes and things and carry on sailing away. Um, so they got got in touch with the Pierre Radisson, but unfortunately that the icebreaker was already icebreaking for somebody else. So <laughs> So it was already he couldn't leave to go save, you know, poor Sergey, uh-huh. because it was already taking a ship through, you know, another part of the Icaluet. Icaluet. I don't know if I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, it's a big body of water. <laughs> God. So, with no other icebreakers in the area, the Pierre Radisson was not free okay. to go try to help poor Sergey the Pierre Radisson was able to actually get the ship that it was working with through the bay and he was able to sort of sail on its own uh-huh. then he changed course oh and okay. went to go look for sergey in the ice so he said no but they're at least a day away oh wow so sergey is stuck in the ice, and
0: but he doesn't know like anyone's looking for him
1: yeah, he's probably or- lost a shit ton of hope at yeah. this point. He's got those three flares and, you know, is hoping for the best. After about four hours of the crash, Sergey is still on his stomach inside his little tent that he's made for himself out of the raft when he hears the sound of heavy breathing and crunching snow. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> he peeks out from under the raft and he sees... A polar bear. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) His fur is all wet from swimming from flow to flow. And apparently he smelled them because polar bears have an amazing uh, sense of smell. Do they? Yeah, they can smell a seal three feet th- uh, through three feet of ice. Oh, whoa. And they can smell a rotting carcass, like a rotting whale carcass uh-huh. from 20 miles away.
0: Whoa. Yeah, so they whoa. are,
1: they're used to hunting through the snow. So he, this polar bear, caught the scent probably of poor Sergey and all the blood and everything. Ugh. It was like, what is this? Let's go check this shit out. He sees the uh, the polar bear sort of bobbing up and down oh, and sniffing the air. And then he just comes running straight at him. And he stopped once he got seven feet away. The animal was so close that Sergei could see the black of his foot pads and his <gasps> toenails. Ugh. They say that... Polar bears have, or bears probably in general, have one or two motives hunger or curiosity. Mm-hmm. But either way is probably Knock. not good. <laughs> Sergey had some sort of deep down survival instinct get just sort of unleashed. Uh-huh. It was like, I need to meet this bear face to face or I'm going to die. <gasps> so he. Pops up and he runs at the bear, (gasps) like screaming and waving his arms and like (gasps) like, straight at the bear. And it worked. So it scared the bear. So the bear galloped away and Sergey just followed him like screaming and flailing and with this damn life raft attached <laughs> to his foot until he chased him off to the uh, the very edge of the flow and the polar bear like jumped onto another ice floe. So once the polar bear was sort of safely on the other ice floe, uh-huh. he sat down and just started checking out Sergey, just sort of pretty casually uh-huh. actually. But, and Sergey just keeps on roaring. But at this point, I think it's more because of his situation rather than maybe at the poor bear. Right. Actually, it's probably not a poor bear, but whatever. Well, after a minute, this bear trots off. Oh. And so.
0: That's so lucky. Yeah.
1: No shit. So.
0: So act crazy, everyone.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what Sergey's plan is. He has the euphoria and the adrenaline sort of wear off and the hours just continue on and time is just going by slowly. He's under his raft again.
0: So his plan is just to stay under the raft. He's not going to go out in the ocean with the well, raft?
1: I don't think that... No. No, not at this point. I don't actually know what his plan is other than, I think, just praying to be saved, yeah. to be found. So he, Sergey hears the sound of a plane and he gets all excited Um, He can't see it because the fog is so thick. But he does manage to get one of the flares up. Oh. But unfortunately, the flare burned for 30 seconds. It fizzled and the plane did not see him. Aww. So, the plane goes off. Evening approaches. It's fucking cold as hell. Yeah. (laughs) The temperature hovers right around freezing point. He has... Protein tablets that are, he has about 2,000 calories worth of protein tablets total, which okay. he is rationed out for three days. Ugh. I mean, and that's nothing for the amount of calories I mean yeah. <laughs> that he needs for all this shivering he's mm-hmm. doing. My God, you probably need 10,000, 20,000 calories a day. Easy. So all the while, he has been urinating into his neoprene suit oh, <laughs> and yeah. just to... It helps like keep him warm, but he is now just becoming dehydrated yeah. because he's not able to replenish the water. Again, he only has about a half a liter of water. So he's trying to, you know, ration the water, ration those protein tablets, and at this point, just make it through the motherfucking night. Right. So he's not able to sleep, but he thinks about his wife and his children. He's got a 22 year old daughter and a 20 year old son.
0: Aww.
1: And he just thinks at least they're grown.
0: And, you know, oh, I know, it's
1: like, oh my gosh. So in the morning, the bear returns. <gasps> no. So again, Sergei did exactly what he did the first time. Yeah. He flailed, he beat his chest, he ran at it. And again, the polar bear took off. Yeah. And, but now he's just like, that was all the strength he had pretty oh, much. No. Now he's just back to shivering yeah. and he's starving So at this point, he's just completely worn out. Yeah. So morning passes into afternoon. He finds this little depression in the ice flow that has like a little pool of water. And so he puts the raft in there and then he lays in there. So he's got kind of a little bit of a waterbed of sorts. And again, it's just waiting for hoping someone is able to find him. He so lays it's like
0: ice and then like a little Like a little pool. pool of water. So he has something soft to lay on, I guess? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so he
1: floats the ice raft in this water. Okay. And then sort of dozes off.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And so he's dozing and he's thinking about his life and all these things. And then he hears the familiar crunch of snow. No! More. no! <laughs> and the fucking bear is back a third time. Sniffing the air with his big old snout, smelling the human body beneath the neoprene fabric. So he's getting the sniff down yeah. hard. He's probably getting a goosey sniff down.
0: <laughs> Wait, so he's like right there?
1: Yeah. <gasps> yeah, so he's laying in his life raft and the bear sort of dozing off and the bear comes and just starts <gasps> sniffing, sniffing him. him.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so, he is able to, once again, scare this bear off in the exact same manner he was. And he knows this is the end. The third, he cannot, he won't be able to fight him off a third time. Uh Or a fourth time, excuse me. (laughs) So, he's just praying that this motherfucking bear does not come back once more. So, all the while now, the Pierre Radisson is chugging through the ice, Uh trying to make its way to Sergei. So I think it took him 25 hours.
0: Wow. So
1: they sort of rescue coordinators drew up a plan that were all based on where the last beacon was, you know, from where he went down. They could tell where he went down. And so they were going to go to that area and then sort of spread out from there and continue the search. And they know they need to hurry because in a few hours it's going to be dark once more and leaving sergey out in the night to spend yet another Mm -hmm. night i mean they figured it probably they would be more recovering a body rather than you know a rescue at this point the rescuers are kind of beginning to lose hope but then miraculously the fog lifts (gasps) well now they have much more favorable conditions for the rescue so they only have an hour left so they send planes off of the carrier off of the icebreaker to go look for him or actually no excuse me it's a it's a helicopter oh so they have a helicopter on on this boat and so they send it off with a pilot and then two like lookout people okay they're searching and searching and sergey must have heard them at some point because he is able to get a flare off oh and so they see this like one little spot of red and they go down and they find him. Oh, so it's like, oh! yay. he's like waving and screaming and running, maybe from the bear again. Who knows? No, but they found him. So thir- he was out there for 36 hours <gasps> in the end.
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, That's so long.
1: Yeah. So that night on the Pierre Radisson, he's fed salad with olive oil and freshly smoked salmon. And actually, besides his hunger, he's in really good condition. Oh,
0: that's good.
1: Everyone wants to shake his hand and take a photo. He obliges, even though this is not how he wants his name to live oh, on. Oh, <laughs> no. He's already thinking about the next helicopter he's going to buy and then going ahead and attempting it again. Oh, so So his spirits were not crushed by being snucked by a polar bear for, yeah. in the Arctic for quite some time <laughs> yeah I'm amazed especially that last time when he got sniffed yeah I mean it's probably partly because he was so I don't know unknown like yeah it, that's it's true the smell like, I that I've not encountered before me thinking it's a polar bear <laughs>
0: yeah
1: what is this he looks grizzly
0: yeah that's Just true. Getting, I would
1: have eaten the crap out of poor Sergei if I was a polar bear
0: uh polar bears are beautiful yet terrifying
1: they oh uh, yeah they a, are, aren't they? One of the most vicious.
0: I don't know, but all I remember is this lady jumped into the pol- polar bear exhibit because she wanted to pet them, and they fucking attacked her. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, man. Don't jump into zoo exhibits, people. Yeah. Don't do it. She lived, and those are good stories. I, I don't know. know. I mean, we I should have, have done theme. a
1: follow up and looked to see if he actually completed it. I think it would have said though. Maybe. Not. I think it.
0: I don't know. Um, so, we hope you like this episode. um Please just know I have to pee so bad. Wrap it uh, up, Keegan. Okay, sorry, okay, sorry, sorry. Okay. Um, so Wrap fu- it up. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now. And you can visit our website at I Should Totally Be Dead right now. And you can even email us at I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now at gmail.com. Woo! Okay. Nailed it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, okay.
1: suckos.